0: Chapter Seventeen of Her Benny by Silas Hawking. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Lorraine Paquette. Chapter Seventeen, Perks Again. I knew, I knew it could not last. 'Twas bright, 'twas heavenly, but 'tis past. Oh, ever thus from childhood's hour, I've seen my fondest hopes decay. I never nursed a tree or flower, but t'was the first to fade away. I never nursed a dear gazelle, to glad me with its soft black eye, but when it came to know me well and love me, it was sure to die. More On the Monday morning Benny was brought before the magistrates, charged with stealing five pounds from his master's office. He was almost ready to faint when placed in the dock, but conscious of his own innocence, he gathered up his courage and answered fearlessly the questions that were addressed to him. Inspector Sharp gave the particulars of the case, adding that though the money had not been found on the prisoner or indeed anywhere else, yet he had no doubt that the lad had accomplices to whom he had given the missing property. Benny denied most emphatically that he had seen the money. He admitted that appearances were against him but oh he said looking at the presiding magistrate his eyes swimming with tears i'm not a thief sir if you'll only believe me i'm not really benny's honest face and simple straightforward answers evidently made in his favor but as mr lawrence had not appeared against him he was remanded until the following day so he was removed once more to his cell perks's case was not tried that day so once more benny had him for a companion during most of the evening perks sat in one corner with his face in his hands and his elbows on his knees without either speaking or moving benny took the opposite corner glad for once that he had a chance of being quiet he wondered what would be done to him whether he would be sent to prison or set at liberty he felt that he did not care much what happened, for to be penned up in prison, he thought, could not be much worse than to go back in disgrace to the old life of selling matches in the streets. Above the grated window the little patch of blue began to fade as the day waned and darkened into night. Then a solitary star appeared, and looked down with kindly eye into the dreary cell then he watched the star twinkling so far above him and wondered what it could be. Was it one of God's eyes, or the eye of one of his angels? Could it be his Nellie that was looking at him? Or were the stars only holes in the floor of heaven to let the glory through? He could not tell, but somehow that kindly star looking in upon him seemed to comfort his heart, and he felt that though the world buffeted him and would not give him a chance of getting on, yet he was not forgotten of god then his thoughts turned to perks was god watching him also for the star was not visible from the corner where he crouched why was he so quiet was he sorry for what he had done or was he ill benny was glad to be quiet and yet somehow as the darkness deepened he felt lonesome and wondered what had come to the silent figure in the corner it was so unusual for perks to be quiet so long he listened for a moment but all was still and still the minutes dragged away and the silence became oppressive perks said benny unable longer to keep quiet and his voice awoke the sleeping echoes of the cell and made it sound hollow as a tomb perks in a louder voice still there was silence and benny began to get frightened was he dead, he wondered, how awful it would be to be in that cell all night alone with a dead body. Perks, do speak, in a tone of agony, and he listened for an answer while the perspiration stood in great drops upon his forehead. But still only silence. He could hear the thumping of his own heart distinctly, and he became hot and cold by turns with fright. At length he thought he heard a noise coming from the corner where he felt sure Perks was crouched dead. It sounded like suppressed laughter. What could it mean? He dared not move from his corner. Was it Satan come to carry away Perks? For he was very wicked, he knew. It had got too dark now to see anything distinctly, but there was a shuffling noise on the floor. Horrors! It was coming across the cell towards him. What was it? He could see some unshapely thing moving. Now it was drawing itself up to its full height. Benny nearly shrieked out in an agony of terror. Then it flashed across his mind in a moment. Perks was playing him another of his tricks. Waiting until Perks was near enough, he dealt him a blow straight from the shoulder that sent him sprawling to the other end of the cell. Oh, lore Amassi, he shouted, if that ain't a stinger. Serves you right, said Benny. Lor, but didn't I give you a scarin' just? I never did enjoy a thing as much in my life, but, oh, Lor, I nearly busted once or twice with larfin'. I think I give you a scarin' too, retorted Benny. Well, I confess it comed rather sudden-like, so that's one to you, Ben, I'll give you your due i've a good mind to pound you to a jelly said benny you're always on with your tricks well i didn't tend to scare yer ben but i were busy meditatin on a little plan i as in my yed but when yer spoke perks anxious like the idea come to me all in a moment oh lor weren't it a spree i don't see no fun in it said benny oh lor yer don't and perks laughed again but i say ben i want your elp in carrying out as purty a bit of play as ever you seen is that what you've been thinking about all the evening ay lad it's the most beautifulest idea that were ever atched in this ere noddle and if you'll only elp me my stars are fortunes made you're up to no good again i'll be bound said benny well i reckon you'll alter your mind on that score when you ears the details of my plan said perks coming closer to benny's side well what is it i must whisper it said perks though i do na thinks any bobby is around listening at this time o night but it's allers best to be on the safe side i don't want to ear it said benny if it's summat you must whisper it's no good that i'm sartin of don't be in any ben just listen and perks confided to ben a plan of getting into the house of an old man who kept a little shop and lived all alone, and who kept all his money locked up in a little cupboard in the room behind the shop. How do you know he keeps his money there? said Benny. Never you mind, was the answer. I does know it to a sartinty. Where does the old man live? Number 86 Blank Street. What's his name? Jerry Starcher. Ain't you er of him? I said Benny. Then you'll elp, said Perks eagerly. Aye, said Benny, but not in the way you thinks. What does yer mean? I mean if I get out of this place I'll put the old man on his guard. What and split on me? No, I'll not mention names. Then I hope she'll be sent to a formatory and kept there for the next five years. Do you? Why? Cause you're a fool, Ben Bates. How so, cause you are I say well, you're saying so, don't make it so, anyhow, retorted Benny, don't it though, but look ere, you're ear for stealin, and I can tell yer from experience that a gent as takes up the profession is worse, nor a fool to give it up agin cause he happens to get nabbed, but I'm not here for stealin said Benny, colouring, you're not, eh said Perks, laughing till the tears ran down his face. Well, that are the richest bit I's heard for the last month. But, said Benny, with flashing eyes, though I'm here charged with stealing, I tell yer, I'm honest. Are that a fact now, Ben? said Perks, looking serious. It is, replied Benny. I never took the money. Well, so much the worse, said Perks. How's that? 'Cause you might as well be a thief, hout and hout, as be charged with bein' one. I tell ye, there's no chance for yer. The bobbies'll ave their eyes on yer you wherever yer be, and if yer gets a sitivation, they'll come along and say to your governor, "Yon's a jailbird." Yer'd better ave yer eye on him. Then ye will have to walk it somewheres else, and it'll be the same everywhere.s How do you know that?" said Ben. "'Cause I's experienced it,' was the reply. "'I's older'n you, though you's biggest. "'But I reckons as I know most, and it's true what I say. "'Why, bless yer, the first time I ever nabbed, I got a month, "'and I were so hor'ful frightened that I vowed if ever I got out "'I'd be honest and never get in no more. "'But bless yer, it were no go. "'The bobbies told each other who I were, and they was always a-watchin' me i got a sitivation once a hon common good un too but oh lor the next day a bobby says to the governor says he yon's a jailbird. you'd better keep your eye on him and you may guess i'd to walk in quick sticks i made two or three tries arter but it were no go as soon as hever a bobby came near i'd be off like greased lightning and you'll find out what i say "'If you're not a thief now, you'll ave to come to it. "'I tell yer there's no help for it.' "'But I tell you I'll not come to it,' said Benny stoutly. "'But I knows better,' persisted Perks. "'There can be no possible chance for yer. "'Yer down, and the world'll keep ye down, though yer try ever so.' Benny looked thoughtful, for he had a suspicion that a good deal that Perks said was true. He was down, and he feared there was very little, if any, chance of his getting up again. He had proved by experience that the world was hard upon poor lads, and he knew it would be doubly hard upon him now that his character was gone. Yet he felt he could not become a thief. He would sooner die, and he told Perks so. But Perks only laughed at the idea. You'll find that dying ain't so precious easy, my lad, he said in a patronizing tone of voice and Benny felt that very likely Perks's words were true in relation to that matter, and so he was silent. "'You'd better come partner along with me,' said Perks, in a tone of voice that was intended to be encouraging. "'No,' said Benny, "'I'll help you if you'll try to be honest, for look here, Perks, there's another life besides this, and if we're not good we shall go to the bad place when we die, for only good people can go to heaven.' And I want to go to the good place, for Little Nell is there, and I want to see her again, for she was all I had to love in the world, and oh it'd grieve her if I were to be a thief, and grieve the good Lord who died for us all. No, Perks. Little Nell begged me afore she died to be good, and she said the Lord'd provide, and I means to be good. Won't you try to be good too, Perks? I'm sure it'd be better no said perks folks has drove me to what i is i tried to be honest once and they wouldn't let me so i intend to stick to the profession now for i likes it and ye'll come to it yet i'd rather die said benny solemnly humbug snarled perks but i'll say this afore i go to sleep for i's gettin desperate sleepy if ye'll join me in the profession, I'll be a friend to yer, and put yer up to all the tricks, and forgive yer for that hidin' yer give me. But if, and he brought out the words slowly, ye'll sist on being a fool, I'll pay off old scores yet, and I'll plague yer worse nor ever I's done yet. So I give yer fair warnin'. Now for the land of Nod neither of them spoke again after that and soon after they were both locked in the arms of kindly sleep the following morning benny was again brought before the magistrates but nothing new was brought forward in evidence mr lawrence however stated that he did not wish to prosecute or in any way punish the lad and as there was no positive evidence that benny had taken the money he was dismissed it was evident, however, that the general belief was that he was guilty, but as the evidence was only presumptive, and this being his first appearance before them, he was given the benefit of the doubt, and set at liberty, with a caution, that if he came before them again, he would not get off so easily. His week's wages that Mr. Lawrence had paid him was restored to him on leaving the court, and once more he found himself a homeless orphan. On the streets of liverpool perks did not fare so well he was an old and evidently a hardened offender the case was also proved against him and he was sentenced to be kept in prison for three calendar months perks heard the sentence unmoved he liked liberty best it is true but the only thing that grieved him was that it was summer time if it had been winter he would not have cared a straw but as it was he was determined to make the best of it and get as much enjoyment out of it as he possibly could so perks and benny drifted apart and benny wondered if they would ever meet again life before him lay dark and cheerless he seemed to have drifted away from everything no friend was left to him in all the world there were granny and joe but he could not see them for he felt that if a shade of suspicion crept into their manner it would break his heart no he would keep away then there was mr lawrence he could expect nothing further from him he believed him to be a thief of that there could be no doubt and so doubtless did morgan and all the other clerks and then there was little eva the angel that had brightened his life for six brief months and whose bright shilling nothing could induce him to part with did she believe him guilty too of course she did his guilt must seem so clear to every one of them and so he was alone in the world without a friend to help unless god would help him but of that he did not feel quite sure sometimes he thought that the lord would surely provide but at other times he doubted he was at liberty it was true and ought he not to be thankful for that he asked himself but alas his innocence had not been established Young as he was, he felt the force of that, and he felt it terribly hard that all, all, even his little angel, believed him to be a thief. Ah, he did not know how sore was Eva Lawrence's little heart, and how she persisted to her father that Benny was innocent, and pleaded with him, but pleaded in vain, for him to take back the poor boy and give him another chance. And night after night she cried herself to sleep. As she thought of the orphan lad sent adrift on life's treacherous ocean and wondered what the end would be and when one day she tried to sing love at home the words almost choked her for the pleading suffering face of the homeless child came up before her and looked at her with hungry wistful eyes as if asking for sympathy and help but children soon forget their griefs and as the days wore away and lengthened into weeks Benny was almost forgotten till one day a circumstance occurred which made him again the talk of the Lawrence household. What that circumstance was shall be told in its proper place in the unfolding of this story of Benny's life. End of chapter seventeen.